All right, here we go. One, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Juice. My name is Michael Dean. And joining me today, usually here all the time, is Mr. Ant Pooh. Sir, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, my daughter talked me into doing my first ever movie in the park. That ain't a young man's thing. That is not a young man's thing. I mean, an old man's thing. Because that sitting there for two hours on that grass, woof, my legs was getting numb. My back was creaking. I just had to lay down, and I got about five minutes of sleep. Should have brought your chairs, man. Yeah, that's what she said. Okay, you happy? Just saying. Trying to help you out. What did you guys see? Uh, we saw Hotel Transylvania 3. I was not looking forward to it, but wow. it actually turned into a pretty good flick. All right. Yeah, I would have probably zoned out on that one. Something for the kids, if not fell asleep. But uh, I, but I, I want to try that movie in the park. I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just a, it's a really nice environment. They hook you up with food. They put down these little mats, yeah. which are better than the towel, so you ain't got to bring your own. They give you pillows, so that was helpful. And it was just a pretty good vibe. The only problem was is in certain areas, you can smell the dog poop. So that just really fucked. Weird. Yes, I owe you a quarter. I owe you another quarter. That just really quarter. messed up the other uh the, the total environment. Your daughter got you on a cuss jar going there. I see. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Uh also joining us, Mr. Q Storm, fresh from his bionic surgery. How you doing, sir? Where's your eye patch at, man? Well, <clears throat> the first you, you wear the you wear the eye patch for the whole day after the surgery, which only took ten minutes, and then uh, mm. then you had to wear it every night for the next week. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> so I am seeing relatively clearly for the first time in about four months. Well, congratulations, so, man! If I had closed my right eye, I, mm. if I didn't know who I was looking at, I could not tell who I was looking at. Wow. Uh, what was interesting, uh, maybe Aunt Pooh knows a little bit about this since he's directing, <clears throat> uh, the color temperature in my eyes is different. Mm. So in this eye, I still have a little cataract, but this is like 3,200 degrees Kelvin, so everything's warmer in this eye. In this eye, everything has a, it has like if you put a, a filter, a, a, how do I put it, like a daylight filter when you're shooting mm -hmm. in tungsten. Everything looks blue, has a blue tint to it. Gotcha, gotcha. So you got like a permanent LED overlay or something. Well, let's say it takes about a couple of weeks for the eye to uh, adjust the brain to take it up and blood flow and all that. Just someone to get the eye to get infected. So I got to take uh, antibiotic eye drops three times a day for the next week. All right, all right. Well, we, we're glad that you are back at with us so quickly after the surgery me personally i would have had the eye patch i'd be rocking that for all it's worth you know, that, that big time. <laughs> what'd you say mike on my uh nigerian nick fury <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i'll be using it to get parking spaces discounts kind of talk parking spaces <laughs> oh what's your you know that's a good way to play to talk to the ladies because you actually couldn't I, I, where are you from? I can't really see you. you know, 
get up on them and stuff. How you doing, girl? Anyway. Uh, so today, I uh, wanted to talk about, first topic is, I'm sure you've been hearing about the writer's strike and the actor's strike that has uh, happened in Hollywood. It's ongoing. It started at this point. I think the writer's strike had been going on for 70 days or something already. And now the actors um, have went on strike as well. Um, and uh, I wasn't paying much attention to it at first. Obviously, now everyone is talking about it, so I really started kind of looking at it and um, found a couple of things I wanted to kind of just read a little bit and then get you guys' opinions on this. Um, looking at The Verge, uh, since actors say Hollywood studios want their AI replicas for free forever. <laughs> During uh, today's press conference in which Hollywood actors confirmed that they were going on strike, Duncan Crabtree, uh, Ireland, a SAG after chief negotiator, revealed a proposal from Hollywood Studios that sounds ripped right out of a Black Mirror episode. In a statement about the strike, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers said that its proposal included a groundbreaking AI proposal that protects actors' digital likenesses for SAG after members. So when asked about this proposal during that press conference, Crabtree said this groundbreaking AI proposal that they gave us yesterday, they proposed that our background performers should uh, performers should be able to be scanned, get one day's pay, and then the companies should own that scan, their image, their likeness, and should be able to use it for the rest of eternity on any project they want. Oh, they didn't use the word eternity. They use the word eternity. At least that's what he says. <laughs> On any project they want with no consent and no compensation. So if you think that's groundbreaking proposal, I suppose I suggest you think again. Now, in response to this, the uh, the AMPTP spokesperson, Scott Rowe, sent out a statement denying these claims were made. And he says the claim made today by SAG after leadership that the digital replicas of background actors may be used in perpetuity with no consent or compensation is false. In fact, the current uh, AMPTP, what I'm going to call them, proposal only permits a company to use the digital replica of a background actor in the motion picture for which the background actor is employed. Any other use requires the background actor's consent and bargaining for the use subject to a minimum payment. Now, somebody lying, because <laughs> there's no way you would mistakenly say they can use the likeness without your consent, with no pay, but they said that you could. I mean, somebody's outright, in my opinion, somebody's lying about this. Um, I think all, they, go ahead. I want to just kind of, just on this angle alone, what do you guys think about this? I think the the actor side are putting extras on it, but I absolutely do believe that the producer side absolutely wants to get those rights to the characters, but I can't see them trying to get away with using it in perpetuity without paying them. But as we all know, I mean, we, we've seen in the music industry and we've seen in uh, the film and television industry, if they can get away with using your using the content that you uh, we're in without paying you, they will do that. I mean, at this point, um, how much money were those Gilligan's Island people getting? 
and they were making the, the people who owned that were making hundreds of millions of dollars off of that annually. Uh, people came at the Friends uh, cast for demanding a million dollars an episode. They're probably underpaid now, considering how much money I think it's Warner Brother who owns it is making off of that through streaming rights. So I I think they're putting extras on it, but I don't put anything by them. Okay, what do you, what do you think, uh, Keith? Well, <clears throat> when I was, and I, I have to say, as of now, I'm fully out of the video and film business, but so uh, I get another gig. But uh, <laughs> when I was hiring people, their agents would have me pay them a day rate plus uh, an agent fee, which is only 10%. And <clears throat> Uh, they would sign a contract saying we could use their likeness or their image for a certain amount of time. I think it was generally uh, two years, which even then I I'd say I was paying roughly $600. I think, damn, that's, that's peanuts for two years. But hey, uh, that was the market. So I don't know why they're going to... And it's the same thing with, with needle drops for music. You pay a certain fee every time you... You either pay a fee for a needle drop mm. or you pay a licensing fee for a certain amount of years. Or as we got into maybe the last 15 years, you could pay a licensing fee or subscription fee for a whole library. So that subscription fee for the whole library, that was a monthly fee. In other words, what I'm saying is the revenue needs to be, uh, I don't know what the term is. It needs to be recurring. I don't know where they got got the in their mind they could see they could try to get people to sign over their likeness uh for probably chump change and they get to use it like my man said for eternity i mean damn no that's <laughs> not to, right there used to be a term i don't know if they still use it uh in a music business when you get a recording contract you get to say in the known universe like we we own the we own you know the music not just here, but in the known universe. I always just thought that was so funny. Like, damn, what? So that means if someday we out there, they still own it. Like, there's no renegotiations on, you know, Pluto's airwaves or something. But that's like when they be broadcasting JT Taylor to the aliens. <laughs> right. And we find the aliens, they're up there discoing and partying and shit. Just, JT ain't got nothing. Yeah, they, they're like, even when, they, when <laughs> the aliens, they ain't paying on streaming, they ain't paying nothing either. They don't. He's giving us the money, but um, I don't know. I, I I could see them saying something like that, uh, like Aunt said, if allowed. I'm sure. Yeah, like because I mean, there was really no um consideration of maybe they didn't know at the time in terms of what streaming was to music, uh, and and we see that what that has done to that industry, um, and I think this, I think you know, the AI part is a, is just one part of what. All the other stuff that's going on but i think it is important for them to figure it out or at least for the workers to make a stand about it because i think if you don't what will happen to these actors and writers is, will be the same thing as ha happened to the songwriters the performers of music you know yeah there is a streaming model and yeah you're gonna get paid but you're gonna get paid you know pennies to the to a dollar if even if that might even be too much right like you're gonna get a little 10 cent check or something like that and i think we've been seeing some actors are posting the 
residual checks that they royalty checks they've been getting from streaming and it'd be like three dollars something crazy i was about to ask you this but i remember you y'all deleted it because y'all got moral um whatever um TikTok, if you hashtag residual checks mm-hmm. you will see actor after actor writer after writer posting <laughs> their three dollar check their dollar 65 check i think i dropped it in the um in the discord there was a track uh, a check from Naaman from the wire he had a dollar 65 check for the oh, wire right. mm-hmm. and uh he was just saying how when there were dvd sales the check was a lot bigger but now with streaming you're not getting that right yeah i mean the thing is i think oh, there, obviously there's some money being generated from the streaming i guess the question is how do they determine one what is the number of people that are watching these shows? And I think traditionally these companies don't release those numbers. So how do the actors or their agents or whoever, how do they account for, okay, they watch this many views of this episode that you were in on streaming. If those companies don't even report those numbers. And then if they do report those numbers, how do they determine the royalty rate, you know, to where it's fair. So you're not getting the $3 check or something like that. And I believe that's why these corporations love this because it's hard to put a quantifiable, quantifiable number on certain things. You're mm-hmm. saying this is the high. First of all, you know, Netflix, they don't even report publicly it's, right. unless it's in certain cases, how many with the viewing numbers are for certain things. So mm-hmm. if they're not putting it to the public, can you imagine what hoops these actors and writers have to jump through to find out? And then when you find out, oh, 70 million, they say 70 million views. But at the same time, as we, we see with YouTube, I don't, what does that really mean? 70 million views, 70 million people watched it? We all know that's not the case. 70 million times it, it has been watched. And they can just go about and do the manipulation with the accounting to, to get it favorably in their um, and put it in their favor. And the thing is, is that I think they probably, the writers and the actors need to take a step back and probably demand what we want to know what the qualified quantifiable numbers are for these things and put a dollar amount of what each view is. So that that way, much like back in the day with the uh, recording industry, we get one point or two points on a record sale. We want the same amount on a view. Right. Yep. 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 The hard part is, is that as we've seen with Peacock and HBO Max and um, even Disney Plus, is that the new stuff isn't isn't uh, getting the larger isn't getting a larger share of views compared to their existing stuff. So during this strike, Disney, HBO, I mean WBD. Comcast, Netflix, they're going to be all right. Because if we ain't got no new stuff coming in, we were already make, they were already making so much money off the old catalog of stuff and IPs that they have. It's the newer stuff that's coming. And then on top of that, you got to get promoted. It's got to get awareness. And if they don't want to, they can, they can really sabotage these things. Who's, who can sabotage it? Yeah, corporations, because they can always sit back and say, I mean, if you're if you're WBD, yeah, we don't need to really push hard on this new, uh, let's take, for example, White Lotus or Secession, because 
our num our metrics are showing that the majority of our subscribers they're watching the Sopranos, they're watching the Wire, they're watching um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. So you know we don't have to do all that, and we can push it all back because we're getting that monthly subscription. And we and on top of that, the residuals because you know the newer stuff people are trying to put that in their contract to get those residuals when they're streaming versus the old stuff where they wasn't there. There's probably a higher profit margin on the older stuff, and they don't have to put the money into promoting it in order to get the views. Uh, yeah, I could see I could see that. I, I think though, without the, the churn of new product, though, you become stagnant, and I don't, are you going to gain? subscribers if you're not able to produce you know newer stuff it's just i i, I don't know I, when i look at when i go on the internet i go on my phone with the uh, fees and all that all the stuff i'm seeing they're pushing is the new stuff that's how i knew about extraction and i watched that extraction too uh i know the boys is coming out next season uh i don't really see a lot of promotion for the old stuff for the older stuff yeah, I don't think they. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think he's saying what they could do if the strikers can continue. Is that what you meant, Ant? Or that's like a strategy they could possibly do? No, no. What I was saying is, is that they have this new content. In order to get the the views, in order to get the the high ROI, they have to put the marketing and the advertising behind that. Right. But if the strike is going on, it kind of benefits them because they're saving so much money on their marketing budget, on their advertising budget and whatnot. And I'm sure when you look at when you look at some of the streams, like Friends being one of the most streamed shows of all time, um, The Office, Big Bang Theory, they sit back like, well, if that's where the majority, if the majority of our views are coming from our subscribers for this old content, we gonna save money and not really push out this new stuff until y'all get y'all till we get y'all on code or in in line. Okay, it saves the money. Part of the, part of the fight is the is the royalty payments from those old shows on streaming, though, right? So that that's part of the that's part of the reason why they're striking. So they don't they can't really win on that. Like I think you know one of the things I wonder what's going to happen if this plays out over time is the perception from the audience's point of view of this stuff going on. It's, it's almost seems unescapable for it not to be in the news and being talked about, particularly when everything is going to have to halt and the actors can no longer promote these new movies about to come out. People are going to wonder why they're not seeing such and such. And I think unlike the other times when they had the strikes, you know, we have the internet now, uh, and everybody, the actors can get online and say, well, here's my point of view and this is what's going on. I think that could work to the detriment to those companies, you know, the public awareness. You know, this is going to fight. This is going to play out probably in the court of public arena more so than it would play out in the courts or behind the scenes because they somebody's going to get pressure. Both sides could get pressured. But I think that the, the audience may jump to the side of the actors as opposed to you know some big conglomerate uh and the other one i wanted to throw into this conversation uh, about the writers guild it was a report that came out on deadline a couple of days ago uh, i'm gonna read a little bit here it says uh receiving positive feedback from wall street since the wga went on strike may 2nd warner brothers discovery apple netflix amazon disney paramount and others 
have become determined to break the WGA, as one studio exec blatantly put it. To do so, the studios in the AMPTP believe that by October, most writers will be running out of money after five months on the picket lines and no work. Uh, here's a quote. It says, the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their homes, a studio executive told Deadline. Acknowledging the cold as ice approach, several other, several other sources reiterated the statement. One insider called it a cruel but necessary evil. Stories like this getting out where they're saying that they don't want they want people to lose their homes and apartments and then they'll come back. That's not a good look like that's. But to me, it's not a good look, but it's also to show you like they're really on there. This is a business. Uh, and I think unlike some of the record companies and some of the studios back in the day, these companies now are really multi-billion dollar. Some are tech companies and some are just these super uh, corporations that they don't deal with the artistic side as much as they have to deal with shareholders and the best interests of this company. And they'll fire you if they have to, which we've seen that happen with just regular people with all these layoffs. But we don't never know who those people are. Now, these actors that people have been following and idolizing for so much, they have so much more weight. So if they come out and tell you, yeah, they're trying to starve us out, you're going to pay the, the consumer is going to pay attention more so than they would for, you know, like the Amazon worker. Fainting in a warehouse or something like we don't care about that, but. I wonder if now we'll be caring about this type of stuff and if the tide sort of turns to be like, eh, I, don't, I don't like this. So what do you guys think about these added comments? I'm just trying to unmute myself. That is a cold, that's a cold piece of work right there. Boy. <laughs> they, they said, well, when they start losing their homes and their apartments, <laughs> the mortgage payments. When the money you know, gets up. You know what you're negotiating with. <clears throat> it might be time to find new work. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what they think about you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's a dirty game. It's a dirty game. Uh, and then there was some comments by Bob Iger from Disney, who is usually seen in a, you know, we love Bob. Yeah, he is doing great. But I think he kind of came out and was like, you know, I'm on cold at the end of the day. I have to be on cold with the people that's paying me and I'm, Hey, you know, uh, he was, I think he was saying something like he thought maybe this was a mistake for the actors to be doing this at this time. Uh, and it's not, uh, something like ungrateful or something like that, which people are calling the question like, dude, you just got paid, you know, 25, $40 million. Stop. See, you also have to take into account all the money they're putting in some of these God awful movies. Um, I mean, well, you know, let me say this real quick. I think somebody brought that up in the discord. And on one hand, they do spend a lot of money, but I, for me personally, as a, I'm not in that, I don't know, like, does that, are we saying they're wasting the money or aren't they paying the people who are working on the money? I I'm mean, saying, working on the movie or whatever. I'm saying Harrison Ford. If, if my information is correct, got $20 million for okay. a dollar destiny. Mm -hmm. He's 80 years old. 
I'm not necessarily going to see Dial of Destiny to see Harrison Ford do what he did when he was uh, half that age. When are I'm you going to see that movie for? I'm going to see it because of Harrison Ford's in it, but I understand that he has a diminished value because of his age. I know I'm going to see a lot more stunt work done by uh, stuntmen. You know what I'm saying? So to pay him all that money, and then so some of the other actors have to, some of the other people that work on the film have to suffer. How, well, can I, I make sense? How do you know they're suffering? What, 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 why would you know they're suffering? What makes them suffer? If you're paying twenty million dollars to Harrison Ford, you know they got they 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 crossing off some other line item in, in the budget, right? See, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I would think, unless they say, okay, we got tons of money, we're gonna give them twenty million dollars, and we're gonna keep the we don't have to cut back. I I tend to think that you know some of the other actors in the film maybe get have to take subsidize his salary i could be completely wrong but, i mean 20 they, million dollars for an 80 year old actor that's a what's he he's 75 so the age means you can't get paid or something? i don't understand well you tell me how come the, the, the executives are about as about as old movie, as he is and they get 25 million i'll just let the numbers speak the movie the movies are considered a flop right but that and i think some of that might be because flop because of how much they spend him that is that going it's through? a flop because they spent a lot of money on the budget and did not make that money back. And part of that, I think, is as much as I like Harrison Ford, as much as you like Harrison Ford, because that's my that's my Han Solo, that's my Harrison Ford, that's my whatever he was in Blade Runner. Even though I wasn't a huge fan of that movie, yeah. I feel like there's another. Uh, that's my 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 dude from Air Force One. He's eighty years old. I'm not gonna Janet Jackson was on too. I ain't gonna pay the same amount of money. <laughs> and her to see her at fifty seven, she yeah, actually she just her, did. Her actually, money. you paid more. She you paid, paid more, more than what you paid. That's why I didn't go see her. <laughs> you see, what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, what, I, what I'm saying is, you actually paid more to see in, to see Harrison Ford in this indie than you did in his previous films, right? Because his value went up. Yeah. But I mean, the thing of it is, is as you're saying that, but if they don't get Harrison Ford, there's no Indiana Jones. They could recast him and go younger and whatnot, but the fan base for those movies is for Harrison Ford. I guess so I, as Indiana Jones. So that's why they paid him $20 million. That's why Robert Downey Jr. got paid, what was it, $50, $60 million for Avengers right, and right. Like $20 million for every listen, uh, picture listen. that he was in. So, uh, I mean, it, it is what it is. Okay, you pay Robert Downey Jr. $50 million fucking dollars. Because Robert Downey Jr. is still, well, he's probably in his mid-50s. What is the age that you keep bringing the age up? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to tell you because, no, I think part of the reason, uh, okay, here's my theory, and I'm not saying I'm right. It just seems like it makes sense to me. They sure. spent, what was it, $340 million on Indiana Jones? They did? Out, something crazy like that? I, I have no out, idea. Outrageous. People, first of all, you had Crystal Skull, which absolute trash and then what 10 years later 15 years later you got Harrison Ford who's 80 I don't think people are going to come out to see him unless you are a die hard Star Wars Raiders of the Lost Star uh, Jack Ryan fan okay. and those fans are aging out and they don't want they, you know uh, movie prices buying the popcorn all that shit it costs right. a lot of money 
I'm not going to – I would go pay to see an 80-year-old Harrison Ford just see what happens. But I, I'm not like the typical movie. I'm going to go see it. I'm going to go see it, but we'll go see it. Yeah, but see, to me, I, I as a fan of him, I had no idea how old he was. So that doesn't even play into why I go to the movie. Like, I don't think, like, oh, he's 80. I had no idea how old yeah. he is. Raiders of Lost Ark came out in 1981. Right. But I didn't keep track of that when I – You know that I, dude I, is I, old. I know he's old, but I have no idea what is it. His age doesn't play into me wanting to see. When I saw the trailer, I thought, is this either going to look good or it looks terrible? I didn't think about how old he was. Same way with uh, Mission Impossible. I don't necessarily think about how I'm surprised at how old Tom Cruise is. But to me, he's dope. Like, I don't know what they're paying him either. But he was the only reason I'm going to this movie is because of him. But my point even if, if Ronald. Ronald, what's his name? RDJ, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr. If he turns eighty, still trying to be Iron Man, I'm not. I might not go see that. <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, you will. Nah. You probably will. I was looking. Hey, I was looking at. Hey, I, I'm looking at You're Don Cheadle. One Marvel hand. Stop it. I'm looking at Don Cheadle and Secret Invasion. I'm like, eh, hey, dude. We might want well, that's something else. We might want to recast that role because he's looking kind of long in the tooth. I'm like Kevin Hart. Damn. Boy, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I mean, go ahead. But to 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 that point, it 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 doesn't matter because you look at Tom Cruise. He just didn't he just do a Billy reprising his role as Maverick in Top Gun. Right. Nobody complained about him being too old. Robert Downey Jr. He started in 2008. His last performance as Iron Man was 2019 and he was looking quote unquote old in the tooth nobody cared they wanted to see Robert they wanted to see Tony Stark as played by Robert Downey Jr. There is a groundswell of people who wants to see Toby Maguire get another film who wants to see Andrew Garfield get another film it, that it, that is what it is and then I know people are calling this new Indiana Jones a a flop but if you look at the, the metrics, and I, I'm sure there's probably inflations, but right now it is on track to do better than the first three Indiana Jones. That's not what I'm hearing. Well, I mean, it's at 263 worldwide, and the first three didn't top 400 million. Yeah, so it's on pace to do better than the first three. 1982 to 1989, the numbers are different. Which is why I gave the addendum of inflation, but the point being okay, is well, still it's, you, it's on you, pace to do better than those three. I, I'm not I'm not hearing that. I, I, I heard that Indiana Jones was knocked off the top spot in the second week by a low-budget horror movie. Okay, but it's still done 263 million worldwide. I know, but I said it cost... And on pace, and on pace to do better than the first three films. Okay. Uh, I, from every critic and every article I've read, industry article I've read, uh, it's being called a, a flop. Let me let me ask this question. Um, but I, and, and I like the movie, by the way. I, that's I what like I was going to ask. Like, as us as the the consumers of these products, one, what does it matter to us? Uh, the financial success of this, if if you like the movie. Um, and and I wonder, is it has the sort of uh, <clears throat> spotlighting of the dollar amounts of these movies that has been going on probably since the last 30 years or so, has that helped 
the industries, particularly when you get into a point like this, because I don't think any other, maybe music, they used to really do that. But what other things that we love do we talk about how much it made the week it first came out, like products? Like, why, why do us as the consumer, are we just going to be watching the movie for the movie? Why are we, why do we get so caught up in the how much it made, how much it costs, when we don't really even know how that money is really spent like that? They never explained that to us. I don't think we do. I, I don't think it matters to us. Although for me, I... I well, you just I, kind of grow up how it matters. One, his no, age. But, how much but I, was talking in the con- I was talking in the context of why um, why these movies fail. And we were talking about uh, the writer's strike. Writers aren't getting paid. So that right. pay, that indicates we, the context is money, right? Uh, but no, as, as a viewer, no, I, I don't give a shit how much they spend. Other than <clears throat> if they keep, I know I can say that if they keep spending money on this mindless drivel, there could be some films that, and that may be changing now, but I, I do think we're at a point now where we might, where Hollywood might be looking at it saying, we got to be smarter with our scripts and our budgets. So that might be part of it. Now, the, I disagree. The mindless, the mindless stuff could. It could be low budget, mindless stuff. It really doesn't change. Again, it doesn't change how you perceive the movie, how much they spend on it, only because they've pushed it to you so long that we care about how much they spend on these movies and then the outcome of their return on investments. But right. yeah, I'm, I'm wondering though, what other products, why would we even care about something like that? Why do we even discuss it? I don't think we do care. I'm just saying, if we're talking about why well, we, do, right? we, always, we always talk about, oh, it made this much, it's at this position every week. We talk about how much May versus how much that of course we've been talking about that. It doesn't mean we care. We just talk about numbers because it's interesting. That's all. If someone tells me, I guess guess the question is, why is it interesting to us when we have a lack of understanding of how that money is even broken down anyway? Like, why would that be interesting to us? I'm not sure that we do have a lack of understanding. Well, I I do. I don't know how. I think the average movie goer, the average. I want to say devoted, maybe not the right word. The average movie goer who's reading variety or into movies, or in, I, I think they're they're a little bit more intelligent that they would. You think they the would average find movie reads? Yeah, I was about to say that oh. as well. No, I the think the average movie. I think we all, into that. I think we all have access to the internet, and we. See but we're not the average. We're not the average movie goer. I'm talking about regular people that that mainly go to these movies. We're the outlier. I'm talking about the regular people. All those kids, they don't know nothing about. That. I, I don't know that's that going true. on dates. That's what I'm they're I, going on a date to go to the movie, the new movie that came out. You think they're reading variety, a trade publication? I think they're. That'd be, I think, that'd be like saying most music lovers are were reading Billboard back in the day. I don't morning. think that's what that's like at all. I think Rotten Tomatoes is on everybody's phone, and people read the behind the scenes stuff that goes on. They're just getting knowledge. Rotten Tomatoes are reviews of the movies, not the financial. I, what Rotten Tomatoes tracks the views or the, the critics. No, no. You're missing my point. You're missing my point. What I'm trying to say is Rotten Tomatoes, let me say as an example of all of the access to information that we have now. Mm -hmm. So Rotten Tomatoes, I think most people feel like they can confidently talk about, they can confidently critique a movie. I also think with access to these cell phones, we have so many, we have so many influencers and people who may have inside connections to the Hollywood industry that are reporting and writing and stuff and talking about budgets, people feel like they're in the right. knowledge of knowing, oh, that movie cost that one. 
You look I, 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 as another example. I, right. I think nowadays, oh, hold on. Nowadays, I think most people, most people can tell you that they'll go see a movie because of who directed it. Back in the eighties, or no. I, I saw the Steven no. Spielberg. People didn't give it. weren't thinking about who directed a movie. But I, I think most, I think most moviegoers are a little bit more intelligent now. They're still making stupid. No, movies. I would disagree. The general, a general audience, if a, if an actor, if a director had a hit movie. They would know who the director is. That's the selling point of the movie. Is it's a Spike Lee movie or That's it's what I'm uh, but we're more intelligent now. We know we right, know but, I, but I'm saying we, know we, we don't know. know the intricate details of the budgeting or what we're talking about, the money. You just know about how much it, they said it cost. Right. But you we never really know how much the real cost of it was because I assume there is a marketing cost, which they don't come out and tell you that. And my point is to say we don't really know the details of it, but we act like we do. <laughs> And my question is to say, well, why are we doing it? And I know why we do it, but I'm just curious to see what I, you guys think about it. I feel it. like, I've, well, again, I feel like we do it because we have more access to information. It makes us feel like we're in the know. We can kind of judge, we kind of can judge a blockbuster movie based on the budget. We're going to talk about what makes a classic film. How do we mm -hmm. know what a classic film is, as an example? So I do think most people talk about budgets only because the numbers are put in front of them. They read right. the reviews. They read what the critical response was, what the what the viewer response right. is. Why and do you think they kind of formulate algorithms based on that? And it's just interesting to talk about. Why do you think they put those? They've been putting those numbers in front of us. Because there's no I, way we would know what those are. Those are reported out. Why? Why do you think they want us to know the numbers? I. I'll give him poop. I, I can answer that question, but I don't want to monopolize the conversation. I'll let him. Oh, no, I'm asking you. I'm going to go to him. Oh, okay. Well, I think they, I think, I don't know that they want us to know, but because they, we do, have, again, we have a lot of outlets that report that information. Right. But they're getting those, where are they getting those numbers from? I don't know what difference that makes. Student, well, is, they're getting it from the studio. They're reporting, they're press releasing okay. these information. So as I'm asking you, why do you think they're doing that to us? This, now they don't do that with those numbers I, on the streaming, right? But why like do you I said, do that with the financial numbers? Like I said, I think it's changing now. But I think Hollywood felt like the more money we put into a film, and we let people know how much. And I th I'm going to guess it started probably around Titanic. What was that 1992? Mm -hmm. Titanic, the first one. I remember Titanic. It was a big thing about how much money was spent on that film. And it was a huge, it was, it was the number one grossing film of all time for a period of time. And I just think that, I'm not saying that was the start, but I would, I would hesitate to, I would, I would guess to say that that was the beginning of, oh, wow, well, we spent X amount of dollars on this and James Cameron spent fucking two years shooting this. And that makes this movie, that that's part of the mysticism or the uh, allure of this film. And so I, I, Hollywood just started just to feel to like correct you a little bit. I would say Ishtar was probably well before Titanic, and that was one of the major movies that they reported the budget. I don't know if you remember that movie because that was and I, that's a good point. That, and was, that, was, that a was a flop. That was a bomb. So right. that I mean, that was in eighty four, I think eighty five. Yeah, it was back in the day. But anyway, I, I think price tag got pinned onto films as part of its draw, and now I think yeah. now. Hollywood's like fuck all that. We don't spend all this money in this film. These people, these people are starting to say, "We ain't, we ain't buying the bullshit no more." 
So that <clears throat> that may, I still think numbers are going to be attached to films, but it may cause Hollywood to say that's not important anymore. They, the, the, the audience spoke with Indiana Jones. The audience spoke with The Flash. The audience spoke with Elemental. The audience spoke with, there's another film, the, there was another flop, wasn't there, this summer? Been a lot of them, for sure. I can't remember the other ones. <clears throat> so you might see a change now. Yeah, I think it will be, yeah, so, and I'm going to go to Ant next, but, uh, you, you know, it's the same way in music. You know, there was a whole reporting apparatus of how much an album sold, right? They had the audience all into it. Oh, that album went gold. That album went platinum. It, to the point where it didn't matter almost about the quality of the music. It just mattered how much it sold. Britney sold this much on the first week. We would have no idea what them sound scan numbers are only because they told us they wanted the audience to know because that was the selling point of it. If it if it's so good, that must mean it is good. And I think and what happened with music is that all worked until them numbers started coming up different. And they realized that's not a selling tactic anymore. Don't put those press releases out. Don't even allow that information to come out. So now you'd be hard pressed to know what an album really sold on its first week. They don't even release that anymore. Billboard doesn't even put that information out anymore. They made it so you have to pay to get it. So that's why we don't never see, and they never talk about, oh, this is what the numbers were. Only now you barely hear if the numbers were super low, but it's not the emphasis on the game like it used to be. And I think you might be on to something. The movie industry may stop doing that now because now they those movies might be flopping and we know too much about how it works and it's such a part of the conversation it's not in their favor anymore i think to put those numbers out because now all we're sitting here doing is talking about oh well it costs this much and this guy got paid that and how much did it make on its first and and when and we're equating the success of the movie with should we go see it or if the quality of the movie is good the same way they used to we used to do it with the music now they don't want you to equate the finances with that music because they know you think it's a failure. So they, they eliminate that out of the thing. I think they may want to do that with movies and take that whole conversation away. We're not putting out the numbers, which is why they don't even do it with streaming, right? They could have great numbers, but they probably don't. So they don't want you to know that this is only being seen this many times. They don't even put those numbers out. And I think they probably should, they may want to do that with this coming out of that strike so that one, the actors, and the writers don't have that ammunition to know uh, what's going on and be able to use it to get the public's opinion one way or the other. And Pooh, what is your take on all of this? Uh, for me, well, one, I remember the first time I I heard about you know budgeting uh, was Waterworld because they said that was the most expensive mm -hmm. film. I think at the time that I, I don't ever remember hearing about how expensive Titanic was, but Waterworld that was the the one where they said it was so expensive and right. it quote unquote flopped. Um, I don't know why they put out the budgeting for these films, but absolutely get why they put out um, the success because you know that does drive people to want to go see the number one comedy, the number one film worldwide, the number one film in the U.S. Um, for me. Knowing how much a film costs, that does absolutely nothing for me. Knowing how a film uh, performed doesn't do anything for me because um, Harlem Nights, and actually now I, uh, I use Harlem Nights as a as another factor is 
seeing with seeing the reviews means nothing to me because with someone thinks of a film doesn't impact whether or not I'll like it or whether I enjoy it. So I really don't care about Rotten Tomatoes scores. Like I'm seeing that, I'm like, okay, what does that do for me? Um, 15 critics all said that they liked it. 15 critics all said that they, they hate it. I, I give more credence to the audience score because they're the ones who actually pay their money to go see it. And, uh, and if they take the time to go on Rotten Tomatoes and give a review, a positive sentiment, that to me gives me more, um, <clears throat> says, says more to me than the critics because uh, one of the things I remember, I can't remember who the writer was, but he said that those writers see hundreds of films, maybe two or three, four of them per week. So they can be, they just, we can be very jaded when they just saw this really great piece of work and then see a Transformers. So it kind of messes with their review and, you know, skews it just a tad bit. Um, so just overall, they do need to revamp the entire system of how they're promoting it. And yeah, I don't care. And I'll just say last bit, the average moviegoer doesn't give a damn about salaries. They don't give a damn about budget. It's the, when you go into the trailer, when I've been into the films, when, I, when they see the trailers before the film, Nobody's saying like, oh, I bet that costs a ton of money or how much they, they got um, Harrison Ford to come back in. It's either, yeah, I like it or no, that looks like some bullshit. Mm. I think the, the money only comes in conversation when it's in the news. Like every once in a while, something big movie will be out and my mom will say something like, oh, I know they I heard they spent a lot of money on that. And I'm like, OK. That's what they say in the news because I don't. <laughs> what's that got to do with anything? But I, you know, I, go ahead. I'll just say I personally think everybody. I'm saying everybody using hyperbole. Little everybody literally know, but everybody have a YouTube channel, Twitter feed, Facebook. Everybody wants to put their opinions on the internet, on the social networks, and they want to feel like they're in the know. And that's why I, I do believe people talk about people do talk about budgets all the time. They may not affect them, but yeah, you, people want to be in the know, and they talk. I, I think they find budgeting interesting. Um, they I, do, I think. But those are usually hardcore movie guys or fans. These or are hardcore. Movie movie. They, they got millions of viewers though. Like your, what's your boy Tyrone right. Magnus or that thing? Sure, but the thing is, you know, like The Flash is a perfect example, right? If you look at the sentiment of the movie sort of superhero YouTube community, they're heralding that movie. It was going to be the biggest movie of all time. Obviously, the general real movie-going audience was not swayed by what all these insiders were saying. They didn't go see the movie, and then everybody was shocked. Like, oh, what happened? Well, I thought it was a great movie. And then they switched their sort of take on it and then they're oh it was a flop but if you go back a couple of weeks earlier and remember they showed that movie earlier to a lot of influencers before it came out they were all on its nuts and they thought it was gonna be the biggest movie ever so i don't know how much sway some of these people really think they Those have fanboys i think well that, we're, we're talking about fan i'm talking about these youtube fanboy uh, you know commentators critics who see these movies early sometimes a lot of times they're wrong in terms of what the general audience thinks when you, you always see these movies when they have the early screenings and guys come oh that was the greatest that was great you know ah that, that's going to be one of the big ones i just saw it yesterday guys and this is going to be good and then when the movie come out and it's 
Oh, man, don't trust what them guys said. That movie was trash. And then people start saying, were they on a take or something? Like, And then you always like take it with a grain of salt. The new, what they call it, the reactions just came out on the new such and such movie on Twitter. And they always, they always say the movie's good. And then the movie don't be good or the movie doesn't happen the way they thought. So to me, it, there's a disconnect between people always talking, getting their clicks versus the people going to buy them tickets. And I don't think most people care. Like you said, I don't think they care a lot about some of that stuff that is you seeing in your algorithm. We never had a debate about that. I don't think people care either. I don't. If, if a movie interests me, I'm going to go see it. I don't care how much it costs. But I just think I still think people like to talk about that, though. Oh, no, they do. I think, think they talk about it because it's made a part of the marketing. If it was eliminated, people are not going to go search that out. I'll tell you another film that probably kicked a lot of this stuff off. We're going back to 98, and that was the Blair Witch Project. I think I seem like I would always hear about the, that film and also um, the movie. And it was a great movie. It only cost like $7,000 to make. Um, El Mariachi. I'm not familiar with that. That was early. Oh, this Robert Redford? Robert, I mean, Robert, Robert, uh, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And then he did that other movie right after that. It was, real it big. was trash, wasn't it? Once Upon a Time or something. I actually read his book where he documents that whole process. It's pretty fascinating. Well, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I do remember. You've had all kind of. You know, yeah. we, we always been doing that. Maddie Rich. Cats who made their own movie. Whatever happened to my man? What? You know, I was just asking that on something too. I looked him up. Seemed like he was in something recently, because you and I were talking about like, oh, there you go, and he was gone. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Maddie Rich. But anyway, um, was he an original? No, I was going to ask a stupid question. He wasn't an original barbershop, was he? Not that I know of. He was in a movie recently. Look him up, man. You got Google. We're trying to do a show. Damn, I could we could Google yeah, open another tab and just click in there. Now you want to do a show. No, I'm just joking. Um, but it's so I guess we can sit back and see what's gonna happen with this strike. Um, but it might be at an inflection point where it might have some real rip rippling ripple effect. Of the outcome of this, possibly, I think it really uh, this could be sort of the first of many industries or businesses that sort of have to rep, uh, grapple with this type of thing of internet streaming or AI uh, being used in certain things, likenesses being used. Uh, so I'm curious to see what happens. I wonder if they they either got to get this over quick, or it's gonna get. I think it's gonna get ugly, because I think the public perception is gonna play uh, heavy, particularly the if crazy actors start really getting on social and going in. It's gonna get ugly. Go ahead. Crazy part about it was, as I was looking on uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, earlier today. And I can't, I really just cannot believe the amount of tweets that I was seeing where people were saying how um, ungrateful the writers and actors were. And if they essentially tell them if they, if they only make it 26,000, 30,000 a year, they should get into a different business model. And they were 
it never it never fails to disappoint me when you see the average American siding with the billion dollar corporation over the laborers, considering they're in the same position. And I, I just was just gobsmacked when I when I started seeing those tweets. Doesn't surprise me one bit. <laughs> well, I, it doesn't it 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 doesn't doesn't. But I think once they start putting real faces to some of this, like I said, who's going to side with the Bob Iger versus uh, your favorite actor, right? You you've you've been watching your favorite actor for years, and you I love them, and here comes this big money guy telling them, oh well, he shouldn't, he should just take what I give him. I always I think the audience is going to could turn against these these companies if they don't play this smart, and I'm very curious to see how they're going to play it. Uh, I wanted to read this thing from Ice T. I thought this is very interesting, and of course he's affected by this. He law uh, and order shut down. But he says this strike will affect the entire industry. It means zero production. Forget the actors like myself who have jobs. This will affect writers, camera department, stunts, hair and makeup, truck drivers, electricians, catering, lighting department, background and many more. And man, when you think about it like that, like, yeah, everybody's done, it's shut down. Everybody's going to be out of work. I mean, he, he didn't say anything that was... A revelation right there <laughs> well i think to most people they only thinking of the actors they're not thinking about all these other people that's working and okay. like me as a layperson, I, I didn't even think about that i just thought oh yeah the actors can't work or the writers can't work i'm not even thinking like yeah all of the people that are in the crew again most people don't know all that goes into making these movies like that we don't think about caterers or truck drivers and stuff like that we, and they're not on they're not being put out front, so we don't see it. But I'd be interesting to see if you start seeing all these people come. Yeah, I'm a part of this, too. I can see it, the tide turning against these. Well, what happens when they say, you know what, don't even go to the movies? Now, we saw when Dave Chappelle pulled that trick, was it last year? Or when he said, don't even watch my shit on streaming. Right? He got power. He, people sided with him then, as opposed to siding what was it Warner Brothers he was against or something? It was some big company, obviously. They sided with it's Dave Paramount. Chappelle. Paramount, yeah, they sided with Dave Chappelle. They eventually cut him his check, I guess, and, and Netflix jumped in and paid him or whatever. But what if these actors start pulling that? Like, you know what? The new movies coming out next week don't go. I'm thinking about it's going to be sued if they say that. So be it. Contract. They may be sued, but it's still it's still going to hurt them. You know that could snowball to the to the audience taking the charge and saying we're not going. You can't sue the audience. So I don't. It's that's it, to me. It's going to be interesting to see how they play it out. I guess my thing is we. It's not like this is not the first time we've been here. Maybe we're here for different reasons, but it's not the first time we've been here. When's the when were we here before? When have we had a writer's strike before? Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, we were never here with the internet. Well, we that's never, what I'm saying. We might be here for here different reasons. Mistakes. So now it's more it's it's gonna be different. Before we didn't know nothing about none of this stuff, <laughs> you know, like we do now. The the actors didn't have a platform to be showing us their checks. Now they do. So it's going to play funny. Any last comments on this? Thoughts? I guess at my age, I'm good. I mean, I want I want writers and actors to get what they're due. Uh, 
but shit, I I was going through a whole, at, at the age I'm at now. I'm going through a whole. I got a whole list of movies I could rewatch until I'm no longer here. Okay. And Pooh, got anything? Good, good. I know you can't probably say too much now. No. <laughs> <laughs> It um, is what it is. Oh, yeah. It's going to be you. what it's going to be. Here on Monday, we've got this podcast. We're talking a little greasy now. I, I, I remember. I, I just realized I'm wearing my company's uh, logo. I probably need to keep my mouth shut, too. <laughs> wow. See, they got us all scared. I, and I'm promoting Marvel. There you go. See? They got us all wrapped up. Um, anyway, speaking of movies, we'll get into some movie conversation. Did anybody get a chance to ever see the, the Whitney Houston movie that came out recently? I want to dance with somebody. So I just I, I didn't even know it was on Netflix. I and I didn't have is it. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, that's why I was like, I'm just flipping through and I was like, oh wait, that's the Whitney Houston. I was like, you know what? Let me go on and watch watch this. And you know, the star of that movie, she was like, shoot, I'm about to blow up. <laughs> well, let me my quick take on the movie is it had my attention. Like I was watching it. I don't know super a lot about Whitney Houston especially some of the earlier stuff, but it was interesting to me to watch. Um, ultimately, I think the movie fails and showing and in terms of showing her more realistically, I, I can tell this must have been a movie that was like from her estate or something because it just it glosses over some of the real ugly stuff. Um, and it's missing some things. But in terms of it capturing a little bit of the spirit of Whitney to some degree, I think it did do that. The young lady looks nothing like her, uh, which at first I'm just like, but she doesn't look like her, but they have all of the accessories, you know, all the makeup and the clothing is spot on in some parts. And sometimes the mannerisms are there. So that's why I say they have sort of the essence a little bit, but she looks nothing like her. The singing parts, I think, are Whitney. Yeah, nobody else gonna really be able to pull that. And so part of that was great. But the thing I come walking away from it is uh, I was never a big Whitney fan. I was never against Whitney. I just never, I didn't pay as much attention to it as I probably should have in the real-time moments. But I remember some of the more iconic things. And so to see them in the movie, I was like, oh, okay. Hey, I remember this. And I'm and I and so one thing I walk away with this is like, and this is an understatement, like wow, she really was one of the greatest singers of all time. Like I, I was just like, I, I didn't pay, I wasn't paying that much attention, but god damn, I was sitting there kind of like getting choked up a little bit on some of the performances because I one, I kind of remembered it, but I almost sad that I wasn't paying as much attention at the time. Um, it also spotlights heavy Clive Davis. And he plays it. He must have been involved in this movie. He was like the stereotypical, the white guy who's like, you know, we've seen him in these movies. He's the white man who's always on point. Uh, with, you know, he's sort of more of a humbled, authoritative type of guy. And he can make you a superstar. Or if he says yes, then your life is set type of character. And he may be that somewhere in real life, but it was just like, ah, I don't really care about this dude. Like, I don't, 
you know, it, was, it almost made the movie like it was they were the two sort of leads almost a little bit in the movie, which I don't want to see a Clive Davis. I, I don't care about that. Like, I want to see everything going on with Whitney and all that good stuff. So with that, I thought it was it was it's, it's definitely worth a watch if you're a music person. Uh, they the guy who plays Bobby Brown's the same guy who plays the RZA in the Wu-Tang TV series. And he's been in some other things. He was okay, Bobby. He don't look like him, but he's a good enough of the actor that he does give sort of the essence of Bobby a little bit. And so I wasn't pulled out of it as much. Only when they did the performance part, that was trash. It looked like a TV movie when they were showing him perform what they were doing. Uh, but he, he kind of captured Bobby. The Robin character is heavy in this movie, which is, I didn't know that they were friends when they were teenagers. The who character? A uh, young lady named Robin, who, watching the movie, looked like they had been in a relationship with each other. Um, and she's around from when she's a kid all the way with Bobby Brown, and they arguing. And, yeah, Robin's an integral part of Whitney Houston, according to this movie. Is she you know, someone who's known by the public, this Robin? Yes, she is, actually. I remember seeing her being mentioned, because uh, they was always speculating that they was in some sort of you know, a lesbian relationship. You know what Robin Roberts was? Um, I don't know her last name. She just came out with a book a couple of years ago. Finally sort of spoke and told her side of everything. But she was a part of Whitney's thing. Uh, she's heavy into that. They play, you know, play into the LGBT thing a little bit. There was even a, a scene with Clive Davis. It's all, all of the things are always shown like in little sly like to the side they don't really address it but they kind of throw it in there there's a part where she goes to see clive davis at his house and she takes bobby christie with her and bobby's oh where's the little dog and clive is like i don't know what dog are you talking about come on in you know he's got they make sure you see he's balling he got servants and all this crazy shit and there's this white man outside playing with bobby christie and whitney looks outside she's like oh who's that who's what <laughs> he looks out oh well i'm an open book whitney and she looks at and it and it kind of lingers where she looks at the, the white man outside and she looks back at him and she looks again and then she just drops it but i was like oh so they're insinuating that he's homosexual or something like he's getting into homosexual i was like okay, okay. i was like okay uh so there's little stuff like that in the movie like when she's drug use they don't hardcore put it out there but they, they show a scene early on that whitney walks out of a hotel and fans are outside whitney can i get my autograph and she's like signing autographs and this white dude walks up she's signing the autograph but when she signs the autograph he gives her a pen she signs it i noticed she kept the pen and i noticed the camera sort of lingered on her putting the pen in her pocket and i was like and the white boy you know he kind of looked a little off I was like, ah, is that trying to show? I was like, what is that? And then they just walk away. You know, they they move oh, on. That she's a kleptomaniac. <laughs> well, what it is is that was the drug dealer. The she, drug. I don't, I don't know if that was how it really happened, but she was getting the drugs in a pen. Like oh. he would act like he was a fan, and they showed it again later in the movie where they almost they outright really show you. But I was just like, okay, and you know. But they really glossed over the sad shit that 
unfortunately, the things that I remember seeing about Whitney, you know, the wild pictures, the extreme weight loss. It's just like, and they, they and so, and it kind of jumps around a little bit. Uh, but with that said, it, it was an interesting <clears throat> movie. It made me think about Prince and if they ever did a Prince movie like that. Uh, also to say, the company that has ownership in Prince's estate produced this movie. Um, but I was thinking if they ever do a Prince movie like this, <clears throat> I don't even think no one could, as we've talked about this before, I think the only way to really do it now is to actually have an actor and just do uh, kind of like how they do de-aging, but just have a CGI face over the actor so you can get the actual look of Prince. Because there's no one who's going to look like him. And looking at this movie, if this movie had been a Prince movie, this movie would have got cut to shreds at least by the fan base, because it is so like, it's just not Whitney. It, it was almost to the point, like, I don't even know why they would put that out. It's like, she don't look nothing like her, though. Uh, and everything else could be right, but the, the star looks nothing like who you're talking about. I, I just like, man, if they do a Prince one, almost, I think the only way to appease people would literally have the CGI fucking face or something, because there's just no way without it looking comical you know i was thinking like because there's a part in this movie where you go to the iconic uh i want to dance with somebody video shoot but you see it from the other side and you see her walk in and it's like as an older person you can be like oh that was the exact outfit and the hair was the exact and i was like what if they did that with wind doves cry or something you know an iconic moment with prince and you get to see him walk into the studio with the outfit that he had if not done right, that would look comical because it'd be so like what he was wearing is so out there. I was like, somebody's got to be able to pull that off. I don't know if anyone could pull. It. And the fact with Prince is he has to be super shorter than everybody in that movie, which could be played as a comic when he walks out for the first time, and some character is going to be like, "Wow, wow, I didn't. You're short," but I think without it coming off disrespectful, almost like you'd have to have the CGI literally have prince walk in to for it to just be like okay you buy it but that's just my opinion i don't know uh if you guys have any thoughts on that at all about a prince film we're using using the cgi or something i don't think i don't think that i mean i don't think you're ever going to have a film with a the lead actor is 100 percent cgi for an hour and 45 minutes or two hours. No, no, no. I mean, he would, he's just the face part. I mean, we've seen it in movies where they do the face over, you know. I understand. But an actor being the person. Avatar did. I mean, the only time I've seen it done for a whole, for most of a movie is uh, Captain Marvel with Sam Jackson. I just don't, I don't think they, oh, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. think the technology is there to do it for an entire film just yet. Particularly someone, like you said, looks like Prince. Okay. Like they yeah. did Harrison Ford, but that was only for the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't I don't think I, I do not I'm not getting my hopes up ever for a Michael Jackson or a Prince big screen biopic. And I think that's for the best. Yeah, well I'm ex- I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with this Michael one that they, they're working on. There's a oh right yeah, yeah his nephew is playing him or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it's a big story. Is that for uh, theatrical release or TV? 
I no, it's theatric because it's Andrew. Is it Ant? Yeah, the guy who directed Training Day is doing it. So what? The guy. What's his Antoine Fuqua. Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, it got to be a movie. I don't see him doing no TV thing. But yeah, I mean, they got big. Well, they got him. So I'm very curious. Uh, Ampu, any thoughts? Uh, with regards to doing a Prince doc, I, to me, I think it'd just be best to get an unknown because I it'd just be hard to separate a well-known actor from that from Prince. So I think uh, Michael Jackson, uh, what they did, the estate did with the casting for Michael Jackson, I think was spot on. Should I even say the Michael Jackson one? Should be CG. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at this. I, I I would almost say I think any historical type of movie, it could be I could see it work because it's just the person. That way you don't have to ever deal with it not looking like them or not this way. If they can get it down where it's it's literally the person, then yeah, you could, you know what I mean? Like you never have to worry about it not being just right, particularly for some of these people who is I think is really hard to capture. Even like my man who played uh you know, Chadwick did James James Brown. Did a fantastic job. That wasn't James Brown. Well, yeah, yeah. but that's where the actor comes in. You you saw well, that's what I'm saying. But I think, and that's that could be the something the actors may not like, but I think we'll get to a point where that technology is good enough. I mean, almost there now, where it is good enough where you don't need that actor to play like oh, we want to do a Malcolm X or whoever historical figure we could literally have the historical figure be in that movie I, I i wouldn't want that myself it sounds scary to some people but i could see that happening though like i could see it like it'll be too distracting for me it's possible but, but i think for younger people who don't and then then that may go against it for young people maybe they don't need to they don't care if it's the exact person which i think maybe that could happen too like some of the younger people may like I don't know who Michael Jackson is, no way. So I don't. So they don't go see it in the first place. <laughs> well, they go see it. I I didn't know all about Ray either, but I want you to go see. That was a good fucking movie. Yeah, but we well, okay. It's a different time. We grew up not having people get knocked off the charts every month like they do now in a post-American Idol landscape. True. But those those people still are big deals to the people of this generation, though, right? Yeah. Maybe, could, maybe they'd be like, "Yeah, I want to see a movie about Lizzo or whatever." My, a my, Cardi B movie that would be. Uh, <laughs> Why? <are> you, <laughs> I would actually probably I would see that. I could I could I, if it was a good movie, I'd be curious because I think she's been through some crazy shit. And I could see how that could be a lifetime movie. A lifetime. You do a double belt, the Mickey Howard story. Cardi wow. B. <laughs> Why you gotta disrespect Mickey Howard? I'm not disrespect. I'm just yeah, that was wrong. Because I, <laughs> I remember over over the holiday, what, what was it? Thanksgiving years ago, my whole family said we watched the Mickey Howard. Story. Was it Mickey Howard? I think it was Mickey Howard. It was good too, actually. I bet it was shit. It, those, that's our heroes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would love a a real Elder Barge uh, movie. The Barge. Then they they had one about his brother. 
Did it? Yeah, I think it was a TV thing. It was a bot. Was this uh, Chico? Was it no, Chico? No, no, no. Uh, from the uh, God, I'm tripping. I should know this. I seen it. What was the group I that came out? The group that came out before DeBarge, where his brother was in. Silver. Switch. The Silvers. Switch. Switch. Yeah, they had a whole movie about that. I said the Silvers. Damn. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, speaking of movies, I, don't, I think we may have talked about it last week, but Q, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Overall, I mean, it. <clears throat> well, listen. I was expecting Crystal Skull bad, and all the press that came out, I was expecting that this Phoebe Waller Cates was gonna. The, the the rumor I was reading was that she, this Doll of Destiny is gonna make her relive all of Indiana Jones's uh, adventures, and I was gonna be I, if that is the shit, I'm not gonna go see that movie. Um, it was not that, and I rather enjoyed it. I I don't think. Indiana, I don't think Harrison's for, and I just may be contradictory to what I said before, but again, I said I'm a hardcore fan. <clears throat> I don't think in uh, Harrison Ford's age was an issue in the film. I felt like, for the most part, I mean, some of the action sequences were not on par with what we got in the first three films, mm-hmm. but I feel like the action sequences and the film itself, I didn't, I didn't feel any uh, Harrison Ford's age. Uh, I I like what they did at the end, even though it's controversial. I don't know. I found that okay. Damn, they going all out with this shit. All right, I'm like I can't complain because I've seen them uh, get get uh, deal with the art. I've seen them with the Chunkara stones. I've seen them with uh, the Holy Grail. What happened with that? And then we had aliens in Crystal Skull. So yeah, bring it on, right? Um, and there's so much hatred for Phoebe Waller Cates' character. I, I don't get that. I mean, I just saw her as, you know, another uh, uh, capitalistic. Uh, what do you call swashbuckling? I'm in it for the money, kind of mm. character. Even though she mm. was his goddaughter, I didn't have a problem with it. I tell you what, I found her character far more interesting than the character I was comparing her to and other people have compared her to in Mission Impossible, um, Haley Atwell's character. I found Phoebe's character, her name was Helena. I found her far more interesting than that character in Mission Impossible 7. So uh, I, I rather liked it. Now there's a ton of plot holes that you just got to overlook, which is not easy for me to do. But uh, I, I would say go see it. Is that Remind me, is that a trope in the Indiana Jones, I guess it is. He's always had the female sort of. He has a he has a female love interest in every movie. Oh, love interest. Okay, but this time they made it his goddaughter. Oh no, you know what? Not I don't think. Yeah, he did have one in uh, 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 Last Crusade, but this is. I mean, that movie was out in 1989, so I'm spoiling it. She turned out to be a Nazi sympathizer. Oh, that's right, 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 right. So she was they not had, his love interest. They had a twist on it. And right. his companion became his father in the movie. Right. Essentially. Yeah. And Crystal Scola was uh, by himself. But I guess Crystal Scola was Mary and she was back. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I like the ending. I I I I wish I had can I spoil it or no? Uh, I don't know. Ampu has I don't know if you've seen it or not. Yeah, I've seen it. 
I when I saw I forgot that in Crystal Skull, which I just watched a couple of days ago, that he and uh Marion got married. Mm-hmm. And that Shia LaBeouf was their son. I completely forgot all that stuff. And I, I don't think anyone should blame me because that movie sucked. But did they say that he died or something in the story? The son? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now they don't mention it was him. I don't know why they don't say his name directly. But um when Marion shows up at the end of uh, of uh, Dollar Destiny, I was like, well, that undercuts that one brilliant scene where I thought it was one of the best scenes I've ever seen Harrison Ford act in, where he's talking about how he lost his son and his wife left him. Mm. I forgot it was Marion that was his wife. So when Marion comes in, I was like, well, that undercuts that scene. But then I realized, oh, wait, Marion was his wife. Oh, that scene is brilliant. The ending is perfect. I just wish I'd have remembered it back. I love that ending. It's 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 not your swashbuckling ending, like where Indy's running off, riding off into the sunset or anything like that. It's just this is an old man who's like, all right, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> and I love and that. Steve Rogers. Well, yeah, it, there you go. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen short round. Uh, come in there that's what i thought they would have been a smart play like he should have been like the sidekick after his big success in that other movie that would have been dope you to play it into the, you know, it's game the game in me you play it to the asian market you know what i'm saying and play into the anti you no know, asian hate so we can get the crazy rich asians money you know i would have liked to have seen kate kate capshaw come back i don't know how you would write her character in there but was she in the second one she was in temple of doom temple of doom just like uh, short round. Oh no, she was terrible. Huh? I don't think she captured. She, she was terribly no more terrible annoying. than the rest of them. I don't know what she 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 acted the role of a showgirl who had no idea what was going on around her. And it was she, and I found her to be really annoying. Interesting. All right. So this is the last one, supposedly. Well, you know what, Mike. Now, do you have you seen it? I saw it. So, I everything I've read. See, there we go. We, we, I'm reading all the stuff, reading about the budgets and all that. The last scene of the last shot of that film, his hat's hanging up, but then you see a hand reach in and pull it down, which I think symbolically means he could come back. I don't know how, but I'm surprised they didn't set up another character to kind of take over. Well, rumor was that was the original ending. Right. That's Phoebe Waller Cates' character. Right. And I'm glad they didn't Disney, do that. Disney Plus series on it. Right. She's doing a series. For, and that's that's going to, I'm, I'm predicting that's a flop. All that is, that's going to be Laura Croft all over again. Well, I don't think they're doing it now. Am I, may be mistaken. I may be mistaken. Maybe mistaken. You know, I thought the movie was all right. I, I, because I have seen all the other ones and I've seen all of this before, it just it was just by the numbers for me. Like I knew they were okay, where are they gonna do this part? Where's the snakes or where's you know? I didn't think they really did the tropes to the level that they should have been. So it wasn't bad to me. It was just kind of like yeah, okay. And I started falling asleep on it, and then I woke up toward the end. I was like, oh, okay. You fall asleep on every movie. <laughs> if if I'm not into it. If I'm not into you fell asleep it. on Endgame, dude. Come on. <laughs> I did? I could have sworn you said you fell asleep for a part I, of that. Or was it Infinity War? Nah, I couldn't. 
I can't remember. I can't remember. Maybe you might. But yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. I I would, you know, I guess my was, and I think I said this last time, it wasn't worth the cost that I spent to go see it. That's see, I would say it was. I I spent sixty bucks. It wasn't worth sixty bucks plus my time and gas. It wasn't worth. You gotta that. know. I think that you gotta sneak the snacks in, Mike. That's what the problem is. Well, yeah, I got kids and I can't. Sneak in. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't worth that. But if I went by myself or something, yeah, yeah. But yeah, sixty dollars. I could have watched. See, this is one of these movies that I would have loved if that was available to buy as the same day. I would have easily just bought that at home for the thirty bucks and been straight. That'd have been well worth it than to pay the extra thirty dollars in my gas and time. What do y'all think about a new Equalizer 3 coming out? I saw that poster in the theater. Oh, there's another one? Denzel? I, I, I'm just like you. We, uh, My son hey. and I were walking into Mission Impossible, and right outside the door to go inside the theater, Equalizer 3, and Denzel sitting there like this. Hey, get your money. I'm like, I'll be there. Hey, all right. Do, hey, man, shit. You're, you got a mortgage, too? Hey, yeah, I ain't, I ain't mad at it. If they can have Taken, Taken 3 and all that. But with the writer strike out, I mean, is that gonna see the light of day? I would assume it's done if it's at they're showing you the ads at the movie. Theater. I don't assume that. I assume. I mean, I I know we've seen press I from movies that coming out next year. You saw a poster at the theater. Yeah. When's the last time you saw a poster at the theater and a movie wasn't even in production? That's our super. I, mean, I, like I, said, I can't speak. I can't speak for when a movie's in production, but I know we've seen advanced press for movies that still were a year out. Right. I, it could be in production. I'm just saying, is it is it shut down? That's what oh, I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. You think you would have heard? That. It's not like I'm in the know, but I, I, as often as I'm watching TV or on the internet, I, you think you'd see Denzel Washington uh, signs on for Equalizer Three. It's not well, it says, know. well, it says it premieres September first. Oh, this yeah. year? <laughs> yeah, it says that. Yeah, it comes out this year. Oh, there's a trailer. We the, the trailer been out, so we, I must have seen it, just not paying what? attention to it. Yeah, we get no, we get no, and of course it's it's because with my man uh, Richard, uh, little Richard just said he black. So we Denzel, ain't, Denzel, we, ain't, we, ain't, we, ain't, we ain't paying the same attention to it if it's uh, it was Marvel or that's all right. Yeah, fuck that. When Denzel Washington, yeah, movie. Movie. <laughs> when Denzel Washington put on a movie, I expect there to be press all over the place. My thing is, I guess there was. We just not paying attention to it. I'm telling. You. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, the proof's <laughs> well, in the you, I, the first you, time saw I, the you, you saw the press. You saw the theater. The first time I saw that he that there was even talk about Equalizer Three was two days ago when I went to see Mission Impossible, the, the, and the I saw there's not even a how come there's no trailer April, in the movies then? Trailer dropped April 25th. How come there's no trailer before any of these movies I've seen? The last he's black, but he's Denzel. You know, white folks like Denzel. <laughs> Hey, they was they were on uh, what's his name? Idris uh, 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 Majors. Yeah, that was the next one. So, hey, mm. it is what it. But yeah, I'm down for it. Equalizer three. How old is this? Really be cold as if they had Queen Latifah in it too. No. <laughs> I, I love. I respect the hell out of Queen Latifah. 
I can't watch that show. I mean, I got nothing bad to say about Queen Latifah, but as the equalizer, no. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, and this is somebody who saw her when she did that movie with LL Cool J called Holiday Vacation or something like that. I vaguely remember this is a couple. while ago. I wasn't yeah. married yet. I remember I took a girl to go see it. Can't remember who the girl was, but and I actually liked that movie. I can't remember the name of it though. Uh, let's see. Oh, we were going to talk about the Superman or DC casting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess James Gunn is, uh, setting his stamp on DCU casting for Guy Gardner, Hawk Girl, and oh my God, there's what? The, oh, and Metamorpho. So, which the other thing is, is that they're putting all of this into the next Superman as well. So, People are already saying that this might get a little bloated, but I'm a, I'm a little excited that he's not just going to do give us another Superman origin story. He's giving us a with seemingly looking like an epic film. Yeah. Uh, so they got the guy. Was it Nathan Fillion? Is going to yep. play the the Green Lantern, and that's the Green Lantern who be talking crazy, kind of goofy jokes. I can imagine he's going to be pulled right out. You know. Suicide Squadish type of a humor, you know, the bowl cut gonna be played for laughs. Uh, they got that brother from X Men First Class is gonna be in this, yeah, it's Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific, okay, okay. Eddie Gothegi, he can get some redemption, hopefully, so he don't die in the first 20 minutes. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I said this, how long has it been? 15. When did uh, when did BVS come out? Uh, eight years ago sound about right i said i remember we did the show henry cavill needs to call his agent because mm. it was a bloated film and then doing the same superman needs to be established on his own shit i just want to see a superman movie i don't need to see no damn hot girl metamorpho whoever the hell that is blue uh, uh what you call it guy Gard. it would be interesting to see guy gardner but I would, i'd rather see him in his own movie I'm surprised they I think Nathan Fillion is a good it's a good uh good choice, but I'm surprised they he hired someone as old as uh, Nathan Fillion. You in the age thing. <laughs> you mean the age thing. Just, Hollywood is all about age. Stop it. But anyway, um I, I don't know. I wasn't that impressed with the look of this guy. What's his name? David Cornsweat. Cornsweat. Uh, that's his last name. That's the guy playing Superman. Yeah, he, he um, looks like a light Henry Cavill, like a yeah. Um, and I, I'm assuming he's younger than Henry Cavill, but um, I just want a Superman movie, and I want a Superman that is it, it does it should not have the same tone as the 1977 Superman, but damn it, that's the Superman that I want. Yeah, I'd be curious if that works today, personally. I don't want the Superman that's going to be knocking dudes through walls and killing, smashing every bone in their body to beat them. That's not the Superman I've read <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. I'm curious. I, I want to see this. I'm curious to see what they do with it. Um, you, you, like you, yeah, they can't do what Zach did. It has to go a different direction. I'm assuming it's going to draw from 
the 77 or, or the oh, actually uh to that point, the right way either they're gonna i read something that's gonna draw from and i wasn't a big fan of this and i this is when i was on the uh, facebook fantastic forum page and i caught l just for expressing my opinion it's gonna be based on the all-star superman oh, okay interesting which i don't really remember that that well but i just remember not being a huge fan of it it was more of an optimistic superman it's the super, from what i remember it's the superman that i say that i would want to see right yeah i just don't know if that you know what not to say i don't know i would be curious to see how that character works against these other characters that's how they're going to present him against these other characters so maybe an optimistic kind of superman works against some of these other characters uh i think the plot has to do with something about something in the middle east and superman wants to take care of it and uh, they have a difference of opinion on how it should be handled or something so they're kind of throwing a political oh that sounds hard to this movie <laughs> you know one thing i think too with this movie this movie is going to come out i assume we will have a new president by the time this movie comes out oh, and i God. think this country will be in is going to be one way or the other is going to be on some other shit by the time this comes out so i'd be curious to see how this plays in that client clientele he's either going to be trump back or it's going to be biden or somebody back or it's going to be biden but either side going to be acting up you know if if the republicans lose they're going to be acting a fool and the whole woke and all that talk is going to be even more intense if the other side if they win then the other side is going to be pushing to so it's a, it'd be curious to see how society is going to react to this superman movie one way or the other uh, and and it being sort of a political and i think he says there's going to be truth justice in american way and all that kind of stuff yeah i'm curious to see how to play out uh that sounds like a huge mistake of the story is going to take place in the middle east i i i don't want I don't want to look, sit down in front of a screen and have Superman on it and be seeing what I could go outside and look at on CNN or any. I want to see Superman fighting shit from outer space or Mr. Mixture's little piddlick or I want fantasy, man. I don't want little. Yeah, it's, it's, but yeah, there's no way to escape that, man. It's it's embedded in everything. We did it with Endgame. I don't understand. We everybody lauds how great Endgame. Yeah, was. but we even Endgame. Why had, if Endgame came out today, I think people would really be pushing back on the women part even more so than they were back then. It's just more people are way more you don't do ready, that. To, ready to attack on these movies like, like never before. And it's almost hard not to, some way or the other, there's, somebody's going to have something to say. Either there's not a, enough representation of this group or there's too much of this group. Okay. Or, you know what I'm saying? But that like, has nothing to do with setting the story in the Middle East. That's what I'm talking about. Or they're gonna argue of is Lois standing up on her own, or or is this gonna be something? Or why is it who wants to see a movie with a white man going to another country? Or white, you know, there's there's gonna be a side that's gonna push back one way. I don't want to see that myself. <laughs> I'm just but even push back and oh, well, we have another super white man character. Somebody's gonna have something to say. I trust. <laughs> Why couldn't he be a woman? Or why can't he be gay? Or you know what I mean? Like they going I don't think you're, you're not gonna hear that. I think people all of all of we get the comic books of all groups are 
are like, okay, we know who Superman is. We're gonna we're gonna let that one ride. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Isn't uh, is a Superboy gay in the comics now? But this ain't Superboy. Well, I'm just saying they're ready to go wherever way they think this audience is going. I'm just saying there's it's gonna be pushed back one way or the other. <clears throat> but since we're talking about diversity, now, I, I'm a predicted now flop. The Marvels. Uh, you say it like that, like that was something we all got. <laughs> That's kind of obvious. <laughs> oh, is it? I, I, hey, you don't want to talk about people going to be like, hey, there's enough women in it, there's enough black people in it, there's enough this and that. So you would think that would well, the be same push that the TV series got, or the last movie got, it's going to be more intense this time. What's that now? What do you mean the last movie got? The last movie got a lot of pushback. Which What movie? Captain Mar- Marvel. Oh well, they're this coming is a sequel with- to that, ain't? It? No, this is the Marvels. It's a it's a group. Uh, Captain Marvel. I don't well, know. Black right, it was originally called Captain Marvel Two or something. They, it, this was a sequel. This is her sequel. It they're is just incorporating these other characters into it. Oh, so she don't get her own sequel? But nobody does, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna put all the heroes in. It. But I'm just saying that movie got a ton of. They was all clowning on her, man. They're gonna be tripled down now. See, I don't mind, but for me, that movie, it just wasn't a good movie. I have no problem seeing a woman running shit, but it's got to be a good movie. That was not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Again, in plus two, these actors and actresses, the stuff they say outside of the movie is being used against them. And so, you know. We're in a different time. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, somebody's gonna pull something. They're gonna pull some receipt on you, especially if you was talking crazy against what they against what they were saying. But make no yeah. mistake about it. Regardless of the pushback, uh, the right audience showed up. It did a billion. It did, but I think it did a billion. I think any movie would have did a billion position to where it was at that time. Who Captain Marvel? Any Marvel movie would have probably did a billion coming off the. See Infinity. how we're talking about money, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. And even though it did a billion, we're we're a, we're a TV and film podcast. Even though it did a billion, they still not doing Captain Marvel too, according to what you just said, Mike. There's a reason for that. Oh well, yeah. I mean, all of the movies are under a different. Thing. It didn't uh, actually. Another thing we want to talk about: Did Marvel say they're going to cut back on? Well, Disney said they want to cut back on the amount of Marvel material. And they even said, I think, something like all of the Disney Plus stuff has diluted the brand. I think they're right. And gave confusion to the audience. That's the same thing happened with Star Wars. Star Wars, too. I disagree disagree with that. I think it's more so the the change in moviegoers' um, patterns. That's what I, I would go more to. Because if you look at the the performance on the 2021 you had black widow shang chi and the eternals i mean only the black widow in my opinion underperformed i think it did like 300 million shang chi did close to 700 million the eternals did close to 700 million last year you had dr strange hold on what was the other one you had uh dr strange uh no way home and what, what was the other one eternal uh, i can't no, no, it wasn't that one. Oh, Thor, loving God, loving God, oh, good Lord. Um, my opinion, 
two really good films in uh in um Doctor Strange and oh no no I'm sorry it was Doctor Strange Wakanda Forever and Thor <clears throat> Love and God and you know Thunder Thor was Thor didn't enjoy that at all Doctor Strange was really good and it performed well Wakanda Forever it was okay and then this year you got and they performed well they all did 500 billion plus so I, I I'm I'm not seeing it with that statement that they're saying. Well, this is the head of Disney saying it, so he sees it. Yeah. <laughs> he he sees it. I, I kind of agree with him. I think the the Disney Plus stuff did not live up to, at least for me, it did not live up to the expectations that I thought going. I was like, oh, these are gonna be like the movies. This is gonna be great. I'm ready to watch these. And I don't even watch them anymore. Yeah, like I, I, mean, I, I don't feel pressed to watch them. Like Secret Invasion, I think I've I watched the first episode. I halfway watched the second episode, and it's not that it's terrible, but I just don't care. I get it. Yes, yeah, to me, I'm looking at these shows. I'm like, yeah, WandaVision, that was a good one. Falcon Winter that. Soldier, good. Loki, that was hated that. It seemed to do well if you look at the the social media uh chatter around it hawkeye i yeah, enjoyed it but they, you could have missed I did it like i did like Hawkeye. moon knight i'm glad it. they tried something but I, didn't, I, I'm, I wasn't feeling it miss marvel i didn't bother to watch didn't it watch. she hoped they didn't even watch i did watch i watched <laughs> i watched it all and i'm like yeah i think the bigger issue is the fact that they're they don't have their big guns and you're focusing on Eternals and Shang-Chi and She-Hulk and Moonlight. And it's like, and I'm like, but you have X-Men. You have the Fantastic Four. Why? It's, it's kind of hard when you say, why are you doing that when they do the X-Men? That's somebody else do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like to me, it's like, I, I, I want to say like, why are you trying to, it's like, why are you on your Gretchen Wiener trying to make Fetch happen? But hey, they made Guardians of the Galaxy pop off, you know. So that it's, it's kind of hard to tell them not to try. Well, yeah, I you know, um, I think they're just a victim of they they got they had great success and then they just got greedy and were like, we're gonna flood the market, they're gonna watch this stuff. And and I think to your testament, what you said, a certain amount of people are going to watch it because the expectation that this is gonna be good stuff, but I think each thing they put out. Is diminishing return at least in terms of public perception I'm like ah this is yeah it's, it's not necessarily that it's terrible but it's not living up to the expectations you set with the super success of the infinities and the end games they're just not on that level the movies haven't been on that level me personally and the tv shows again you could say they're a success but i just think people are just less and less watching them same with the star wars stuff I can't even tell you if Andor and them is good or not. I just don't even, I'm good. Like, it's too much. I don't even, it doesn't Damn. look like it's something special. I'm cool. When is the next I will check the first episode. I'm The trailers have me excited. My expectations of what I think that character is have me excited to want to see it. But I am almost anticipating that I might be disappointed. So I'm going to have low expectations, like super low. I had high expectations for Mandalorian. Was it three? Season three? 
I watched fell off in season two. I watched the first couple episodes. And high expectations for Boba Fett. That was trash. <laughs> <laughs> and they knew it too. Yeah, yeah, boy, what, what's the actor's name? Uh, the kid that plays Boba Fett. I can't think of the name. He came up to the set. Oh, you didn't get the. We doing my man, uh, Mandalorian for this. Up, huh? <laughs> I don't have no lines. Oh, damn. And they don't even have the Mandalorian do really no more. Yeah, he's. I, I, he's I read it. He, he's only doing uh, voice, he only voiceovers that character. Yeah, see, I'm not that that I lose the interest knowing that the actual actor is not in there in that suit, just like uh, right. in Iron Man 2. When we see Iron Man saving everybody that falls off the plane, I'm like, oh shit, okay. And then we see Tony Stark in the back of a truck. I'm like, huh? Well, what if they came up with a story story bit where Iron Man, he was in the consciousness of the AI. So you could get Tony, you can get Robert Downey to do the voice, but he never has to be in the suit. That's how they find him. <laughs> Mandal they Mandalor they Mando Iron Man. I can see. I, I'm surprised Hollywood hasn't come up with that idea. <laughs> Money ain't got us as low yet. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. You said Mess Marvel's the next one, and then uh, I guess you guys have been seeing the pictures from the Deadpool three. We got Hugh Jackman in the suit. What do you think about the suit? I think I made myself known. <laughs> Discord. It looks stupid to me. Oh, you did say that, didn't you? Well, you always say that when they have these pictures that come out. I don't know. Well, I've said it for uh, the last time I said it was Supergirl's costume. I said it for Superman's costume on uh, the is it CW? Mm. The one with the goofiest looking Superman ever to wear the costume. The one from uh, Five Clack Shadows. From Supergirl, and then he got his own series. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, it looks cool to me. I mean, it looks like Deadpool suit, just different colors. Uh, I'm curious if they're gonna have him have the thing on his head. You know, I, I would prefer to have seen the brown suit with the back oh, yeah. stripes on it. That'd be that, cool. I mean, bright yellow. Come on. Well, you know, I, again, we don't know how the actual film is going to be colored. Yeah, you go again. So yeah, you that, go. Because we've seen movies where the costumes be looking crazy in them set pictures, but in the movie, in the context, they'd be looking cool, like the color. No, cool. I've never seen that. If it looks stupid on the set pictures, it looks I mean, stupid on film. I mean, photos are film, but well, digital or digital or film. But what, what, like I said in Disco, what's the magic pixie dust that makes it gonna look good when you see it on well, screen? The color grade. I know, like a lot of the Zach stuff, his stuff, they be looking different on the actual film. Like when you see the making of footage, the costumes be different. The, the, they tone down the colors and the and the grading. Like the Superman outfit was way brighter than it looked in in the movie. I remember the very first time we saw Henry Cavill in the Superman suit. No, those pictures that he puts out, he grades them like the movies. I'm okay. talking about when they show the videos of them filming the stuff, you can uh -huh. see the colors are different. The, the pictures, promotional pictures that Zach puts out, he grades them just like the movies, so they do look the same. All right. I, I, I've never seen, unless there was some CG that was going to, like for example, Green the Green Lantern that first Ryan Reynolds movie. Unless there's some CG that's gonna be added to the costume, every time I've seen a set photo, it looks like what I see on screen. 
Okay. What do you think, Ann, about the uh, Wolverine Hugh Jackman uh, outfit they got from Deadpool? I thought it looks good. I'm I'm excited for it. I, I never. The, that's the, one of the things that's bothered me about a lot of the creators have gotten to direct the non MCU films is that they they look at the 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 comic book source material and say, oh, that's unfilmable. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, why? And isn't it your job to make it filmable? So I'm I'm excited to finally see him in his uh his real outfit. All right. Um, we got anything else we wanna throw in the mix? Well, did y'all talk about Mission Impossible Seven? Uh no. I still haven't seen it. Has anybody seen it? I haven't yet. I haven't seen it. I'll wait till it comes to streaming. Damn. <laughs> the most popular franchise, one of the most popular franchise. Y'all wait till it comes to streaming. I'm not yep. waiting for it to come in streaming. I just haven't seen it yet. But with that said, I wouldn't be mad to see it in on screaming either. But I do want to see it in the big IMAX. Well, to, for me personally, I don't care. Ninety-nine percent rotten to me. I don't care. It's the worst. It's the worst of the franchise for me. Really? <clears throat> Easily. I thought it was the silliest. I thought the MacGuffin was the silliest. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, I thought it was re a lot of rehashing. There's one action set piece at the end in the third act involving a train. I, I won't I won't say anything more than that. That was kind of interesting, but we saw the exact same thing. This might be spoiling a little bit. We saw something very similar in Jurassic Park 2. The one that uh Malcolm what's his name? He had the black the black stuff the black daughter Jack, Jurassic Park Lost World. I think that's what the name of it. Mm. It's, we saw something very similar, but it was still exciting. Um, that was it for that. that other than that, the, the, was the action scenes good themselves? Like big, you know, extravagant? Not to me. Really? The car chase scene was just, all right, we've been here before. Um, what, is, what are some other actions? There, 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 there was one fight scene in a narrow, a narrow walkway that mm -hmm. was okay. Um, <clears throat> your girl, uh, Palm Clemente, who plays Mantis in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, she plays an assassin or a henchman in this, and she was a very interesting character. But they give her nothing to do other than sn snarl, growl, and mm -hmm. She has a katana. She's badass. She she brings a little bit, a, a little taste of martial arts action into a um, into a Mission Impossible film, and they give her hardly anything to do. Uh, to me, this is work. My uh, my prior to this movie, I said uh, Mission Impossible Five was my least favorite. This easily is my least favorite, and to me, <clears throat> at the end of the the villain. I'm not going to spell anything. The villain here is so one-dimensional. I think the actor who was cast is miscast, and I like this actor. I, I'll say it's uh, Isai Morales. Oh yeah, yeah. Who, who was excellent in um, what's the show you put me on, Mike? It just ended. Uh, shit. It had Ruth, uh, the the drug dealers in uh, the miss in the Missouri Ozark. Oh, oh, you, you okay? Uh, he was 
That's he right. was excellent in that mo- in that show. Here, he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. He is so under one dimensional. Hmm. There are too many characters throughout the film. There's one big plot point that would be a spoiler that I just thought was kind of. I didn't. I thought it was cynical, and I thought it spoke to youth. We got to replace some characters with younger characters. That's all I'll say. And um, I don't see the point in in, in the part two. You're the first person I've heard say that. I mean, unless I, unless I missed something, I was talking to my son about it, and he, you know how I do. He's like, "All right, yeah, okay, Dad, I guess you're right." <laughs> you sound like us. <laughs> Your son gave you the yeah. Okay, you're right. <clears throat> but I was right. Oh Lord. <laughs> so I don't see the need for this movie. What this movie reminded me of, of was the second Matrix. The Matrix reloaded, was that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not really necessary. Just give me the revolutions and we're good. Uh, I disagree, but I understand what you're saying. You can argue. You you can make an argument. I just didn't like that. Well, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the movie either. So, I, but I'm a big fan. I'm shocked to hear you say this. I'm a big fan of. I was very disappointed with this movie. Interesting, huh? Yeah, I gotta. See, I mean, you know, I gotta see Tom, man. That's you know, I see that, jumping off the cliff and I, see. That's the thing. That's another part of these Hollywood. But I know Tom Cruise is the last. He's the savior of Hollywood. I know this. Steven Spielberg even said that. Right? But it's like watching this film, I felt like it's the first Mission Impossible. I kind of, I'm saying the first, but I felt like with all the press about that motorcycle jump, mm-hmm. I, it just came off to, they, they played so much on that. It felt like Tom Cruise sat up one day, what, what stupid shit do I want to do on my next movie? Oh, Jump a motorcycle off of a mountain. Now let's write a script around that. That's how it played to me. Except for the train scene, that's how it played to me. This is the seventh movie? I mean, again, the seventh movie in, and you're saying that it's not the the weakest of the... For me. Franchise for you. But see, just like Fast and Furious, if you like Fast and Furious, I would say those movies kept building on Fast Ten. Yeah. Oh, that was the other flop. That was the other. Was it, I don't know if it was a flop. That was the other disappointment I heard. Right. Uh, uh, but the thing that impressed me about Mission Impossible was like, how do these movies keep getting better after all this time? Because Mission Impossible Six, that shit was fire. Mission Impossible Four, fire. I didn't like Five. Mission Impossible Three, fire. Three is my favorite. Uh, Mission Impossible 2, I think I'm the only one that liked that movie. <laughs> but I liked, I thought that was fire. I don't, I, so I was so disappointed. I was like, he can do it. Mission Impossible 7, he can do it. But not for mm. me, he didn't. Yeah, I'll check it out next week. See that. All right. Um, oh, I think this is next week. They, I, they Clone Tyrone, I think, comes out. Oh. Netflix movie with uh, Jamie Foxx. Boyega. Boyega. Yeah, that looks good. I, I see who's see who's the woman in that? Is that the girl from the Miss Marvel movie? Slave Play? Tayana Parrish, is that her? Yeah, from Slave Play. <laughs> from I, I, slave, slave what? 
Remember we talked about slave play? There was a play that it was going on Broadway and it was about black women. It was they were being like uh they were in slave time, they were being bedwinches, but it was like a musical. I remember that shit. <laughs> you know, and then the pictures came out. That was some wild stuff, man. Uh -huh. she was also in the Spike Lee movie, uh Chirac. But yeah, I always say slave play. That was that was her resume. Let me pull up Slave Play. So yeah, Slave Play is a three-act play by Jeremy O'Harris about race, sex, power relations, trauma, and interracial relationships. It follows three interracial couples undergoing antebellum sexual performance therapy because the Black Panthers are no longer... The, the, because the Black partners no longer feel sexual attraction to their white partners. Wow. That's, that's a wild play. Okay. That's the story that we needed to be that needed to be told, huh? Hey man, be an ally, sir. What'd you say? <laughs> Stop playing. But anyway, um, what movie were we just talking about? Oh, Jay uh, Clone Tyrone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fox is in that as well. And then uh, I know I know nobody else is gonna gonna buy it, but I'm gonna be first. First day buying the Flash uh, next Tuesday. I'll be watching that. Do you? Yeah, so I'm gonna be by myself, but that's all right. <laughs> Fast forward into the Justice League part, and Keaton. Watch it over and over. <laughs> all right. Well, with that said, unless we got anything else, man, we're gonna get up out of here. Did anybody? I, I, I feel like I saw a trailer for. Uh... What's the Octavia Butler novel? Oh, damn. It's some where uh there's a black woman who gets who goes back in time to slavery. Kendrick. Oh. Kendrick. Isn't that already out? Is that movie out? I saw a trailer for it. It looked pretty interesting. I wasn't sure when it was it coming was, out. It was a series. It debuted uh December 13th. Oh, all right. What channel did it was on? I seen one episode of that. It's on Hulu. Oh, okay. Because there was another, there was another series called Kendrick, but it was a British series, and it had nothing to do with that uh, that story. All right. All right. Well, I guess you got, you got to be okay. on code. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you I'm visiting Selma next weekend? Here we go. <laughs> Teddy, I. I paid the money, so I was on code. Okay. Most artists that make movies, they would like you to pay the money to actually sit in the theaters and see it. <laughs> hmm? But no doubt. I don't, I don't think they care if they got I, the money. I do. <laughs> okay. All right. You guys done? <laughs> so we can get up out of here. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, but just one last one. I did see, uh, I started watching... Uh, Bird, Bird Box Barcelona. Oh, I started watching that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is Sarah? Is what's her name? What's the chick's name? Damn, I can't think of her name. The woman who's in the original. Is she in this one? I don't even think she's in this, is she? No. no. What's her name? It's some fake Kylo Ren looking dude. <laughs> That's what I, I thought. <laughs> is it the same? I sport? mean. Same story, yeah. Um, the, the, the the opening, yeah, the opening that with the bus, 
that was kind of cool. And then when I they all the extra stuff, I was like, okay. I pulled a Michael Dean, fell asleep, and I was just like, I'm not going back to this. And it's it's dubbed or something. That's what I started picking up on. Yeah, yeah. I was it, like, I was... don't find it interesting at all. Not going back to it, Mike. Now, oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I was going to talk about another another series, so finish up. Well, no, I was just to jump off. I watched something else on Netflix, uh, the Jennifer Lopez movie, The Mother. That shit was crazy. It's it's her and Ghost, and she's like some super agent, badass. It's over the top action. It's so unbelievable, but it's, I, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's so many bodies dropping and violence. She's an agent, like a spy. Yeah, she's a badass. The okay. movie starts in the middle of some mission at the beginning, but you realize she's pregnant, and this guy stabs her in the stomach and then she has the baby but the assassins are trying to kill her so they give the baby to adoption and then it picks up years later where whoever those assassins realize where her baby is she's now a teenager and of course j-lo is the mother but she's like the super agent that's been retired out the game and now she's coming back to save her own daughter and you know she but but she's like the Punisher, or something, you know, it was just so over the top. So yeah, it's, it's okay. I was like, okay, J Lo, you trying to get your action? You know, it was like she was John Wick or something. If you tell me she's in a bikini, I'll watch it. Sadly, she's not. In any, okay. But I'm if good. you love action, it is an action fest. Gun. Is it better than Extraction Two? Is it better than Extraction Two? I haven't seen that yet. Okay, is it better than the first extraction? It's on the level of that. Uh, well, I might watch. Okay. But I was going to ask you, do you know what's up with Black Summer? Is that show done? I don't know. It's been know. about three years, isn't it? Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So. I have no idea. All right, man, we're going to get up out of here. It's got a headache. I was about to say, man. <laughs> brother's got to eat. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, oh, I know what I wanted to say. Well, we're already two hours into this, should have said at the top. But this is on our new podcast, excuse me, YouTube channel, Podcast Juice. So if you are watching this, please hit that like and subscribe, particularly subscribe to this. This is where we're going to be pushing out these shows. So we got the, the specific Podcast Juice channel. So get on board, tell your friends and all that good stuff. With that said, people ringing bells, that means it's time to go. Work it like a job. We're going to see you next time, maybe, but we'll see you next time. Peace. Ah.